Well, good morning. Could I ask a favor of you? Could you give me a, just a few moments of your time? I would like to tell you about the most amazing day in my entire life. You see, I, oh, where are my matters, matters, uh, manners, excuse me, I, I, I'm, I'm Simeon. Anyhow, I was going to the same place day after day after day. It was quite the routine for me. And, and I would go and, and I would watch people. I would just observe. And I, and I would go in, into the temple and I would stand along the walls to the side where I could face the doors and I could see people coming and going. And I just watched and I noticed. But I, I wasn't noticed. I think that's what happens when you get older and you're in a big crowd. People just, they don't notice you. I, they're, they're busy. They have things to do. They have children to, to take care of, people to talk to. And, and I, it doesn't bother me. I understand how it is. But I, I noticed. I noticed the priests coming into the temple for their, for their shift, where they would make the sacrifices and do their priestly stuff. I mean, who knows what else men of the cloth do during the week? I mean, I don't know. I would notice the, the men coming into the synagogue for, for the worship and the lessons. I, I noticed the young men coming in, full of life and promise. Some of them excited, some not so excited, coming in to be taught by the rabbis in preparation for their bar mitzvah, their coming of age as a man. I noticed the, uh, the, 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 the women and the, and the girls, the, the mothers, the daughters, the widows in the outer courts. Of course, they could not come into the inner courts. That was not appropriate or was not allowed. Uh, how could you not notice the peddlers and the money changers? They were so annoying. They made so much noise. Uh, I guess they were sort of a necessary evil, but uh, they would sell animals for the sacrifices. But what I noticed most of all, what I look forward to seeing, were, were, the, were the babies. I don't know what it is about babies when you're an old person. You're just drawn to them. Uh, maybe it's just because they're so young and innocent and pure, and they have their whole life to look forward to. Maybe it's because we look back at our mortality and look forward to our mortality and understand that our time is coming in close. And so it gives us, it, gives, it makes us feel good to know that life is going to go on after we're gone. But babies, they coo, they wiggle, they, they, they smile at you, they, they, they snuggle up to you. And there's the downside to babies as well. I mean, they... They spit up, they, they burp, they cry when they're unhappy or hungry. Uh, and the smells, the smells can be a little overwhelming. But the good thing about being an old person is when you're tired of it, you just give them back. You know, they're not your problem. When I see a baby, it takes me back to when I was a young father for the first time. And I was holding in my arms my son Malachi. And I looked at my wife, my beautiful bride, Sarai, and it was a miracle. It just, it, 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 it stunned me. It, it filled me with awe to look at my son and, and how he was so wonderfully created and made. And, and to look at his innocence and his purity and, and to think about his potential and the things that would happen in his life. But now I'm an old man. I'm towards the end of my life. And my son Malachi has grown. He has his own family. He's married with his own son and a daughter, too. But they live about a, a week's journey from Jerusalem, so I don't see them very often. And my beautiful bride, Sarai, she's been gone for quite some time now. It was quite a shock. I never thought that she would go first. I thought it would be me. 
And so I've been alone for quite some time now. And so I go to the temple. It's good to be around people. I like the people watch. So I go to the temple and I watch and I wonder what they're doing, what their problems are, what their lives are like. And I watch and I, I wait. Now, my people, the people of Israel, we're pretty good at waiting. I mean, when you think about it, that's a pretty good definition. A big part of what it means to be a child of God is to be a person who waits. The people who wait. Throughout history, God has made promises to us and we have to wait for their fulfillment. God promised Father Abraham that he would become a great nation and be a light to all people. We waited. And that happened. God promised us when we were in slavery in Egypt that he would send a deliverer and lead us into a promised land. We waited a long time, several hundred years. But God showed up and God delivered on his promise. You know, God's promises, now that I'm old and alone, they are really what keep me going. They sustain me. I beg your pardon again, just humor an old man. A few of his favorite promises for me. One of them is, I have loved you with an everlasting love. You are mine and I am yours. God is mine? Mighty Jehovah, the creator of all things, he's mine. Another one is, for I know the plans I have for you, to prosper you, not to harm you, to give you hope and a future. And when you get old, hope and a future, you cling to hope. The prophet Isaiah, a wonderful promise for hard times. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. They will not overwhelm you. When you pass through the fire, you will not be burned, for I am your God. And the one that I reflect upon more and more is is one from the Psalms. I will blot out your transgressions, and I will remember them no more. Now, I've lived a long, long life. And I've tried to be a good man. I've tried to honor Jehovah. I've tried to follow his commands. But let's be honest. I've transgressed a lot. And as I get older, some of those sins come back to haunt me. And I wonder. But then I claim the promise. Jehovah, God, even though I remember these sins, he does not remember them anymore. They're gone from his presence. God's promise is when I lost my mama and my papa, when my beautiful Sarai died, when the Romans took away our freedom, when many around me gave up hope, God's promises, they sustained me. Now, I know that sometimes we wonder about God's timing. Is he going to come through? Is he going to show up? Like the psalmist, how long, O Lord, how long do I have to wait? But I'm an Israelite, and I'm a child of God. I worship Jehovah. And so I choose to believe and to trust, and I wait, and I watch. Waiting is hard, especially when you're young. I remember as a young boy, Mama would prepare special food for the feast. And she would be in the kitchen singing and making the clatter, and and the smells would drift into my room, and I I would have a plan. I would, I would walk, sidle into the, into the kitchen. I would sidle up to Mama and I would look her in the face. And I would bat my eyes, 
try to look as cute as possible and say, Mama, you are so beautiful. You are the best cook in the whole world. When I grow up, I want to marry someone just like you. And she would see right through it, of course. And she would chuckle and say, Simeon, you have to be patient. You have to wait. Oh, I hated waiting. I would wait for Papa to come and tell me stories. Papa would come to my room at night and I would sit on his lap and he would tell me stories of God's people. Like David and Goliath. I loved that one. I was a young boy. I tried to imagine myself in his shoes or his sandals, I guess. And, I, and, I, and he would tell me how this little stone would fly out of a rock and hit Goliath in the head and he would fall. And I could hear the thud the way Papa told the story. He would tell me the story of Daniel and the lions in and I could, I could almost... I could almost feel the lion's breath on my face. He told the story of, of Jonah and the great fish. He told so many stories. One of the ones I loved, because I love animals, was Noah and the ark. And my mind was always running in different directions. And, and I would ask Papa and interrupt him. I know he didn't always appreciate that, but I'd say, Papa, how did they, and I would ask questions, how did they keep the lions from eating the sheep, hmm? uh, the crocodiles, what do they do with them? The poisonous snakes, what do they do with the mess? Oh, the smell, smell must have been awful. Uh, oh, I digress. Where was I? Uh, my mind, it's not as sharp as it used to be. It's a little bit rusty. Uh, oh, yes, Papa's stories. Papa's stories. He would tell stories of God's people like Abraham and, and Isaac and uh, Jonah and Samson, mighty Samson, who would defeat the Philistines with his brute strength. And, of course, Moses and Elijah. And all these stories, I knew them so well. I knew the ending. But there was one story that Papa would tell me, and we didn't know the ending. And that story was the story of the Messiah. Now, the Messiah, for us, the Messiah was going to be a great king who would come and, and rule our people who would establish a kingdom of peace and joy and righteousness. And we looked forward to the coming of the Messiah, to coming to, to, to that day when he would come. And Papa would point to the scriptures and the Torah and the Psalms and the prophets that spoke of this coming Messiah. And he would say, Simeon, we haven't seen this yet. And it may not be how we expect or when we expect, but God always keeps his promises. He will send the Messiah. And so, that has stuck with me, and I've been waiting. Waiting for all my life. And I have to let you in on a little secret. I don't know why God shows me, but at some point in my life, the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, before I would die, before my eyes would close in this life, that I would get to see the Messiah. That kept me going when the nights were long and the days were lonely, I've got to tell you. And so I waited, and the, the days and the years drug on, and my strength began to fade, and I began to wonder. Maybe I misunderstood God. Maybe I, maybe I, I didn't hear correctly. Sometimes we, we people, we can, we can do that. We want something so badly that we misinterpret or mishear or misunderstand. God's ways are higher than our ways, Isaiah says. So I trust that God has the big picture even when I don't see it and it's not clear for me. And then one day, God told me through his Holy Spirit, this is the day, Simeon. I said, this is the day? He said, this is the day. So I got up and I dressed, 
and I, I ran. Well, I should not exaggerate. I'm an old man. I, I ambled. I, I slowly walked like a three-legged camel. I made it to the temple. And I took my normal spot against the wall, in the middle, on the side, facing where I could see people walking through the door. And I watched. I began to think, what is the Messiah going to look like? A tall, handsome, strong Jewish man in the prime of, of his life? Maybe a teacher holding court, speaking words of wisdom and truth, enthralling the crowds, teaching them about deep things about God. Maybe it would be a mighty warrior, tough and muscled, with a, with a sword at his side. I didn't know, so I just watched and I waited. People passed by, they noticed me. No, they really didn't notice me. I noticed them, they didn't notice me. Men, women, children, widows, widowers like me. People by themselves. And then I saw a man and a woman, and the woman, she was young, maybe 16 or 17. And, and the man, he was a little bit older than her. But you could tell that they cared for each other, and, and she was carrying a, a baby, a baby boy. And I may be old, but I understand how these things work. I understood our tradition. I thought, well, he has to be probably eight, eight days old. Because that's when Jewish people bring their boys. They are circumcised. They bring them to the temple on the eighth day to present them to God. To say, God, this is your child. He belongs to you. And so I figured he must be eight days old. And my eye began to move on past him. Because after all, the Messiah has to be an impressive figure. And then the Holy Spirit spoke to me again and said, Simeon, no, 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 back here. This baby, this boy... This baby boy, he is the Messiah. He's the chosen one. You've been waiting for him, and he's here. A baby, of course. That's so like God, isn't it? A baby. I mean, a symbol of, 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 of hope, of a new beginning, of, of innocence, of purity. A symbol that life goes on. Of course it had to be a baby. And I, I ran. This time I'm not exaggerating. It must have been the, the power of the Holy Spirit. I ran to this family, this couple, and I grabbed the baby and I lifted him into the air and I began to prophesy. I said, Sovereign Lord, you can, as you have promised, you can now dismiss me in peace. I can die and, and die happy. I have seen the, the Messiah. I've seen the Chosen One. I've seen that he is going to be a, a light to the Gentiles and, and, and the glory of his people in Israel. And the boy's parents, they looked at me like I was crazy. They didn't know me from Adam. I mean, how would you like it if you brought your child, a newborn, into church, and a crazy old man ran up to you, grabbed your baby, and began to prophesy and said, basically, I can die happy now, God, because I've seen your salvation for all the people. But before they had a chance to say anything, I said something else which must have disturbed them a little bit. I said... This child will cause the falling and rising of many in Israel. And he will be a sign that will be spoken against. And he will reveal the character and the nature of people's hearts. How would you like to have that prophecy spoken of your child? You would like to hear something like, he's going to be blessed, he's going to have a great and long healthy life, he's going to be loved and and respected and is going to make a great difference for Jehovah in his kingdom. That's what you'd like to hear. But you don't want to hear this child is going to be controversial, perhaps divisive, misunderstood, violently opposed. And then I added something which is even harder for them to hear. I pointed 
right at, I looked right at the mother and I said, and a sword will pierce your heart too. So in addition to all this other good news I gave her, I said, your heart can be broken through this child's life. Now, I did not see my prophecies come true in my life. I died shortly thereafter. God kept his word. But this, this baby boy, he grew into a man. They called him Yeshua, which you call, say, Jesus. It means he will save his people. And, and he grew into a man who was a sign. He pointed people to the way to the Father. He pointed people to the truth. In his teaching, in his life, in his words, they, they reveal the nature of a person's heart. And many people have, have stumbled upon his teachings. They've rejected him because he is not the kind of Messiah that they expect or want. And his kingdom is not the sort of kingdom that they want either. Because what we want as people is we want a kingdom that's set up in our own agenda, in our own image, according to our desires. We want no part of a kingdom of the heart, a kingdom where, where power comes through surrender and where glory comes through sacrifice and where characters develop through service. And so this baby boy, he grew into a man. And because he did not meet their expectations, they rejected him, they, they mocked him, and they killed him. And people still continue to reject him today because... Perhaps we have certain ideas about what God is supposed to do. We try to make deals with God, transactions with God. But God's ways are above our ways. But this Yeshua, this Jesus, he also caused the rising of many. Not all rejected him. Many embraced him of every tongue, tribe, and nation. Many gave their lives for him. Many gave their lives to him. They served him. They worshipped him. And he, he will raise them up in this life, but for sure in the next. For you see, as Papa said, it may not be according to when you expect or how you want. But God will always keep his promises. And Mary, poor Mary, she found great favor with God. She bore the Savior of the world, but her heart was broken. She experienced perhaps the greatest pain that a, a person can experience, the death of a child. That's not the way it's supposed to work. We are supposed to go before them. And so she watched her son, her precious Jesus, on the cross as he, as he died for doing absolutely nothing wrong. And her heart was broken and racked with pain. So may I, as a frail old man, old man my time is almost up, May I be so bold as to suggest that maybe this is often what comes with following the Messiah? We get blessing and favor. We get forgiveness and peace and joy and hope. We get life. But why should we be surprised if we also drink from the same cup that he did? Suffering, persecution, being misunderstood, pain. So, before I go, what are you waiting for? Are you waiting for reconciliation or forgiveness? Are you waiting for healing? 
Are you waiting for answers to questions that keep you up at night? Waiting is hard. I know there, I know that I've been there. But remember, God will always keep his promises. It may not be how you expect or when you want. But God will always, always keep his promises. And God's promise to us through his son Jesus is that he is with us. He is Emmanuel. He is with us even when we don't think he is. He is with us. And so wait patiently. Watch for him. Wait patiently for Emmanuel, for Jesus, for the Son of God. Oh, come, oh, come, Emmanuel, and capture ransomed Israel that mourns in lonely exile here until the Son of God appear. Rejoice, rejoice, Emmanuel shall come to thee, O Israel. Heavenly Father, we come into your presence and we thank you that you sent your Son, Jesus the Christ, the Messiah, Emmanuel, to be with us. We thank you that in Jesus all your promises are fulfilled. Lord, so help us to be patient. Help us to live in faith, to watch for you, to trust in you, to lean and stand upon your great and precious promises. We thank you, Lord, that according to your timing, maybe not when we would want, perhaps not how we would expect, Lord, but we trust and we believe and we affirm that you are a God who loves us. We are yours and you are ours. And that you always, always, always keep your promises. Amen.